Welcome to episode 55 of Story Mode, a video game podcast. The official podcast of StoryModeGaming.com. I'm your host who fucked up the first version of this intro, Jesse Munro. And today I'm joined by Simon Kleiman. <laughs> Simon <laughs> Kleiman Evans. Where are you Evans. going with that? Simon Kleiman Evans. Oh dear. And Keelan Hooked on a Feeling Simpson. That was quite nice. I like uh, that. Yeah, that I'll give you that one. That was good. Out um, of mine, Jesus. What's wrong with climbing? Okay, Simon. Climbing, that's let's, all I've got. Let's just move on. Let's just move on. <laughs> Simon the Diamond. I'll take that. Yeah, all right. All right. That, that's the loud one. How are we doing? Yeah, good. Guys, yeah. go. I'm so sorry. I have to tell you the story. I'm so oh, yes. excited. I'm all jumping this. in. I'm all is. So I sent a message to our group WhatsApp earlier today, and I'm like, sorry, guys, I'm going to be two, three minutes late. There's a cat-related emergency. So it's okay. My cats are fine. It's, it's all good. But a couple of weeks ago, I got a flyer in my mailbox of um, a missing cat, and I was like, oh, this is oh, this is very sad. I always feel sad seeing things like that. But something in me told me, hold on to it. So it's been sitting on my fridge ever since. Now, earlier today, the weather was beautiful. <coughs> and uh, I was looking <laughs> outside. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I was looking outside and I could see like three cats in the vicinity, like just looking outside of my window. And it was just so nice. I'm like, oh, so many cats. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw another cat. And I looked at this cat and I'm like, wait a second, hold on. I know this cat. I know who that is. I ran into the kitchen, grabbed this flyer off of the fridge, ran back out to look at the cat and I'm comparing the cat to the flyer, the cat to the flyer. <laughs> it's the same fucking cat. That's uh. the missing cat. So I sent my partner down to go and look for the cat. And um, we made phone calls to the owner because the number was on the flyer and everything. We just got a message back from the owner saying they're heading home right now and they'll be over soon to look for the cat with treats and everything. So oh. fingers crossed there's going to be a happy ending to all of this. But this is so freaking thrilling. I'm, I'm really happy that we found yeah. this cat and the cat's safe. Throughout awesome. the podcast, we need live updates. Live updates. I'll, I'll let you know. Okay. I'll keep you posted if I receive any updates. Now, if you're listening to this on a podcasting app, you could be listening to this live with a live update if you watch us on twitch.tv forward slash story mode AUS. Uh, got there, kind of. <laughs> uh, we'll record, the, record these live, like this one right now. You could be doing that. Sai, have you been? Have you yeah. saved any cats this weekend or any, any, any animal? Um, no, I've had drama with my cats because oh. there's a couple of cats in the neighborhood that like to come around and, you know, antagonize my cats at night. And that can lead to some catastrophe. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but no, today I've, some, um, some apocalypse meow. Nah. Anyway. So today. That was, a, that was clever. Come on, guys. Yeah, it was clever. Grow up, everyone. <laughs> um, <Appreciate> so- me. <laughs> So today, uh, yeah, I've been playing a, a card game most of the day. I've been learning how to play a game called Flesh and Blood, which is a hero-based trading card game, um, which I think the, the best comparison would be Magic the Gathering. Um, but it's really fun, like really fun. And I do not like trading card games. I normally bounce off of them quite quite quickly. So I really enjoyed this. It was a good time. Do you like your card games? 
Yeah. Um, I just realised, you know, I said, I'm like, have you saved any animals? I saved some animals last night. <laughs> Oddly enough, <laughs> I completely forgot. So, across the road from my house, we have like a big field and there's a pond right in the middle. You can hear frogs there. I think I told a story a few, maybe a few months ago, mm-hmm. where I came home inebriated, if you will, <laughs> and I saw a number of f- frogs on our like front door and we scooped them all up. We put them into a, a bucket of water. We walked them down to the pond because we didn't want the... uh the local birds and or children get into them. But yesterday, rained all day. You know, weather, crazy. Um, <laughs> and we're like, my partner and I were going to go to um, do a late night Macca's run to get a McFlurry. Hell yeah. And w- what happened last time is, because we didn't really have a bucket on hand, we're like, maybe we should set something up for next time. So since then, we got like a low, kind of shallow plastic bucket we put some holes in it and some pipes and stuff like that to let the frogs in. Basically, the frogs could get in and nothing could get them. We put some rocks and stuff like that. A little frog hotel, okay? Um, <laughs> and I, I look at it, I'm like, oh, maybe I'll, I'll bring that in tomorrow because the weather's getting too hot. It's getting too dry. We're not going to have any frogs. And I look down. Goddamn frog. <laughs> mm. There's like six of them. So we put them into this um, little container. We couldn't really walk them out to the pond when it was pissing down with rain. Uh, put some like warmish water in there. Put a towel on the top so they stay warm and a bit humid in there. Wake up this morning, they're still in there. They could have escaped. They could have all left. Mm. They were just chilling. Walking down the pond. Saved them. Nice. We're sitting down outside before I could hear them you know, singing their little, their bonks. We call them bonk frogs because they go bonk, bonk. <laughs> I don't know what the technical terms are for them. <laughs> Isn't there oh. a Star Wars robot that makes that same noise? I think it's the gonk droid. Gonk droid. The little little box. Same shit. Because they ran they <laughs> ran out of ideas real quickly on that one. Yeah. Awesome. Now, Keelan, aside from saving cats, you have had an exciting week. You this week has been a, a culmination of of pain and suffering and longing. Please tell us your, your story. Hmm. Six long months. Six months later. Six long months I've been waiting. Well, basically six months. It's not quite. For my RTX 3080 GPU. It has arrived, everyone. Yay. It's here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very appropriate sign. Thank you. Um, it's great. It's fucking huge. Sorry for my yeah, language. You, but holy you crap, me. That thing is, is, is a big... It's like a, it's like a shoe. It's yeah, it's larger than my face, my entire head. I've got a big head, so <laughs> it, it's it's terrifying that it's only being held in there by the the PCIe slot. I I probably should prop it up, but anyway, maybe. Um, I'm I'm thrilled. I finally got this GPU that I put all this money away for a very long time ago, and um, I've started playing the games that I've been putting off playing um for for months now because i wanted to experience them at the height of graphical fidelity i wanted to be playing with the best settings you could possibly play at at the highest resolution i could afford with ray tracing and everything turned on i turned cyberpunk straight on and i'm like oh man this is gonna be You're fucking like, it sick. looks good i this, guess this is gonna be great guess what guys <laughs> it still runs like shit Oh, it still runs like, but, but like, uh, I mean, that game, bugs and all, is one of the prettiest games I've played for a very, very long time. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. 
It's absolutely And with Ray Trace, like the footage I've seen, I think it was um I think it's full name, but Paris who who does stuff like kind of funny and all that. He was streaming on like super high end GPU. It may have been like the model up from yours, Cyberpunk when it first came out. And it looked 30, 90. Like I saw the footage. mind blowing. So even yeah. if even close to that, you're in for a good time. It's now I have good. I have a very important question for you, Kills. All right, oh, yeah. you're saying you want to play the prettiest games at the highest graphical fidelity with Ray Tracing. So I've got to ask, how good does Minecraft look? <laughs> I haven't touched Minecraft. My <laughs> Xbox uh, Game Pass subscription has expired. So oh. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that later, I'm sure. Yeah. But in any case, um, Cyberpunk runs like shit. Um, it looks amazing, but it runs, runs very poorly, um, even with uh, DLSS enabled. Um, oh. And I noticed the trend throughout all the games I was playing. And I'm playing um, Death Stranding, which is wow. Oh, shit. Gorgeous. I didn't know you were playing that. Yeah, I started. I started uh, you, yesterday. Because you, you hadn't started that yet, had you? Like, no. Also, just just for, um, for everyone, uh, everyone's sake, I've been checking in with Keelan every few days around this card. And just the pain that he has gone through, because you've been fucked around by so many different places. It's like... You're in, you're in different queues and then it was like different allotments off that queue and you didn't know where exactly your allotment was. So it's like, I'm 10th in queue, but in the 14th allotment. So you don't really know what Moving that Moving back means. and forth. It meant None nothing, of it really. Yeah. Then there were a few times where you'd like call me up kind of panicked. like, I found one cheaper. Oh, sorry. I found one possibly. It's like $500 more expensive, but... <laughs> And you'd spend like <laughs> half an hour trying to justify that, <laughs> and me yep. being, I mean, really bad with money and a and a worse influence on people. Just kept saying, "Yeah, just do it, just just mm-hmm. just to spend the point the where money. I did. Uh, I had to I had to request a refund from that one. So this is my original order that I placed near launch that has wow. finally come through. Jeez. Um, and I've got another GPU which I've got to sell now because <laughs> I bought that as an interim thing. But anyway. Um, back back to the the, the story, um, Death Stranding. Holy shit! One of the most phenomenally optimized games I've ever played. It just really? runs so well, so so well. Holy shit! It's good. I want to get into that a little bit further because I think it, it looks like more Sony games will be coming to PC, and yeah. it sounds like Horizon was eh, so so. Yeah. But if they're nailing it with Death Stranding, hopefully we're about to see. A I feel few like there was a over. lot of. Uh, development between the release of Horizon and Death Stranding. Uh, and I think Death Stranding, they had a focus. They were going to release it on PC. That was uh, the plan yeah, from the get-go. Was, with, yeah. Whereas Horizon, yeah. it seems like a lot of Horizon was hard-coded for that 30 frames per second limit, and you run into lots of problems on the PC port because of it. Now, there's another game that I played as well. Jesse, you may have heard of this one. You might be familiar. I don't know. I'm not sure, actually. Control. It's it's called control. Yeah, control. Control. (laughs) (laughs) See, this makes me really excited. I I want to come past and see this game because I remember when I played it in 2019 or whatever it was. It um, it felt like the most next gen game. I felt like I shouldn't be playing it right now because, look, it ran shit on the PS4. It ran it ran absolute garbage. It was lucky lucky I loved everything else about it that why I became so infatuated with the game. But hearing it, uh, just hearing about it running on your um, GPU is making me very, very jealous and very much looking at my own GPU and be like, why can't you be, why can't you be better? I'm looking at it right now. 
Don't be sad. Your GP is still all right. Um, Jesse, loud and hot. (laughs) I've got to say, like, you know, Cyberpunk looks great, but the visual design and the cohesiveness that you get inside of Control with ray tracing on is just there's something next level about it in comparison because the focus is smaller and they were able to get more right. It's man. It is freaking gorgeous, and I can't stop just stopping what I'm doing and looking around and being like, holy shit. Um, While playing Control, everything maxed out with ray tracing on, I ran into something, and it kind of made me think, like, okay, so ray tracing is a nice gimmick, but what what else can it add to your sort of gameplay experience? So I don't think it's a spoiler to say that very early on in the game, within the first five minutes, Jesse Faden walks into um, the Federal Bureau of Control and essentially becomes the director, like the the leader of the organization, right? It escalates pretty quickly. It escalates yeah. very quickly. <laughs> so Jesse walks in and when you when you initially walk in at the very start of the game, you see pictures of the, the previous director hung up on across all the walls and stuff. And the moment you pick up the service weapon, you become the director. And all of those pictures have now been replaced with pictures of Jesse. So I walked up to one of them. I never I, noticed that. I, I, I didn't notice it either on the first time I started playing the game. So the second time I noticed that and I'm like, oh, shit, wait, that was someone else before. I walked up to it. And as I walked up, Jesse's face is reflected in the glass of the wing oh. of the of the little picture oh, frame. Oh, heart. Oh, and that's it's just good. like, it's this ch- I, I got this chill. I'm like, holy shit. That, that was probably unintentional, but there was some kind of like storytelling thing there that like clicked something in my monkey brain and made me feel something. <laughs> that was awesome. So I'm really interested to see what a developer is going to be able to do um, with more intent uh, with those kinds of effects. Um, moving forward because the, the new consoles can do it so you know this is gonna be fucking awesome well let's let's i'm still i was very excited about ray tracing the new console now i'm a little bit hesitant to see to what extent like you know ray tracing isn't just ray tracing there are levels of it um yes and will we get what you've just described no but will we get close maybe well that's the thing you can you can author that kind of thing. So you can say like, hey, we've got this hero shot almost. Let's put all of our resources into making this one shot really pop. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing stuff like that happening. I also, I think like it will lend itself quite well to horror games as well in terms of like building the atmosphere. Having a very natural light and dark will be really good. I've been playing uh, Phasmophobia a lot recently with a couple of friends. Been having a great time with it, but the lighting in that game is ridiculous. Um, how buggy it can be and how stupid it is sometimes. I think having ray tracing would just make the atmosphere in that game go from what's already like a very solid like eight and a half and just push that right up to a perfect 10 in terms of just the atmosphere that it builds. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how it gets optimized and implemented going forward. I, I think ray tracing is going to hit its sort of um, peak when we stop noticing it. I think for the first few years of ray tracing becoming quite popular with PC gamers, um, a lot of studios will make these big moments where you notice the ray tracing. Like I know um, Watch Dogs did that there was like massive reflective building kind of like the uh 
Like I think it was uh, is it called the Shard in the yeah. in England? Which in they should have thought that one through. Um, stuff like that. Like you have these massive like glass walls. Like okay, cool. That's like a set piece to show off this game's technical ability. Cool. It's those little moments like you described with control where it's just adding to the atmosphere. It adds to the general vibe of the room. That's when it's going to be good. That's when you, it's, mm. you're not going to notice it there, but you will notice, notice when it's gone. It's like going to be like a baseline in the song. You notice when it's gone, but when I it's think there, it's- you don't even care that Jesse's <laughs> playing the bass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's going to be one of those things that like, um, again, as, as we sort of go forward and it becomes more and more standard, we'll stop noticing it as much and we'll, stop uh, like that's when we will appreciate it more like you know back in the day if you go back and play super mario 64 or like <laughs> ocarina of time and you're like oh wow back in the day those were pinnacle in terms of graphical fidelity but now you're like jesus christ i can count the amount of polygons right now this is ridiculous and it's just it's again as we as we move forward it will just keep getting better and better well I mean, speaking of moving forward in Nintendo, that was thanks for that segue. That was that was good. Nice. That was smooth. If I didn't stop the podcast to bring that up, that would have been a really good segue. <laughs> um, Switch Pro rumors have been bubbling around for a while, and looks like we're going to have a solid confirmation of details yet from a Bloomberg um, report that mm-hmm. came out. I want to say last week. Um, now I'm just going to read it out verbatim. Um, Nintendo Co. plans to unveil a model of its Switch gaming console equipped with a bigger Samsung OLED display this year, hoping the larger touchscreen can prop up demand in time for the holidays, people familiar with the plan said. Samsung Display Company will start mass production of a 7-inch, 720p resolution OLED panel as early as June with an initial monthly target of just under a million units, said the people who asked not to be identified discussing internal matters. The displays are set Sorry, the displays are slated for shipment to assemblers around July. The people said representatives for Nintendo and Samsung Display declined to comment. Uh, the comment, the sorry, the article went on to say um, the Pro will support 4K output when connected to a TV. Just for comparison, the current Switch does 1080p while docked um, and have a better battery life. Uh, also, like I mentioned before, seven-inch screen compared to a 6.2-inch. screen lcd screen on the normal switch and a 5.5 on the switch light i actually didn't know the switch light had a small screen yeah yes. yeah about an inch small it actually looks uh, quite quite nice the small I, I do like the light yeah uh, i like the light but i think it was uh they're moving forward with a lot of stuff which requires it to be docked so mm. i feel like a lot of people who bought the light like ah oh, we oh, we're fucked we're over. burnt yeah yeah um how do you guys feel about this now the the whole thing that people are getting caught up on is, well, you went from a 720 LCD, 720p LCD to a 720 OLED. Why aren't you going 1080? Like everyone was kind of looking for that bigger number. Um, Keelan, you played you played one of our more technical mod of the three of us. Can you explain a little bit why a 720p OLED screen is better than LCD by by a okay. fair bit? Let's first justify why we're not going to increase the resolution. We're not going to increase the resolution because all of the past Switch games they're created for a 720p display. And having an up version means you have to do something akin to what Microsoft does in that you have different versions of the game for different consoles that you're playing it on. 
I don't think that's something that Nintendo wants to mess with at all. No. Like that doesn't seem mm. practical in any any sense of the of the word. The second reason why this is a good thing is that OLED, like I've mentioned in several episodes prior, OLED is a fantastic uh, screen technology. Um, it's got deeper black levels, better colors. It just pops. It looks beautiful. Jesse, I know that you have experience with OLED screens. The yeah, original PS Vita. PS Vita. Uh, one was... of the most gorgeous. Like, I remember getting that Vita and I, I got one of those in the States. So I came back to Australia and it still wasn't out here for like three more weeks. Mm. So I was basically a god. Oh, yes. <laughs> it was I... fantastic. And I was lording it over everyone. But the game that I would show people was, um, what was the Uncharted game on? Golden Abyss. Golden Abyss. Walking through the jungles, the different layers of green popped so well, and I'd never seen that on a on a portable screen before. It's, um, it, it was fortunate as well that they released that second revision, and they just had a standard LCD screen, LCD, not an OLED. Yeah. And there was such a huge gulf, like a massive difference in terms of the colors and everything. Um, back to the Switch Pro, I guess the updated Switch. Uh, the, pro, the pro isn't its name. I think that's it's the name everyone's going with. Everyone's it. just going with the yeah, other. Nothing's been confirmed. Yeah, yeah. Call it. Um, you'll be able to see it easier in sunlight. So taking it outdoors for that fabled uh, bush hike thing <laughs> to come play oh, Zelda. I mean, yes. You mentioned this when we when we did our Breath of the Wild podcast. I think it was. You yeah. mentioned how you can't go for a hike and play Zelda like the yeah. ads kind of alluded to. Yeah. I went for a picnic a few weeks ago. I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit down here play some Dead Cells. And the moment yeah. the sun reflected off that into my already poor eyes, I'm like, Keelan, you son of a bitch. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> you got me good. I'm sorry. Um, another <laughs> thing is, with, sorry, with 720 compared to 1080 is, one, obviously less battery. You know, It's not going to chill more battery. Mm. A 1080p screen would go through battery quite quickly. But also at that size, you're not going to notice a dip in resolution because it's hitting that retina quality. Um, which is like an Apple term for you, you, the human eye cannot register more pixels when you're playing it at 16 inches away from your face, um, which is about the length of a normal keyboard. Um, I actually have a measuring tape next to me and I just, I measured it out before. About the length mm. of a normal keyboard, which is about where you would play your Switch normally. If you're playing it closer, probably hit up your local optometrist. Um, but yeah, I, I I kind of like that they've done. It could have been really easy for them to put a 1080p screen in because that will sell. Like they can market that. Your average, your everyday punter will look at that and be like, "Oh, that is a bigger number. I will get that." Um, but I like how they thought this one through, and it has ramifications on the track, mainly battery life. I'm, uh, a lot of the time, you know, people people are looking at this. I initially thought that this was going to be an Xbox One to Xbox One X type jump, but but it's not actually. It's more of a 3DS and new 3DS jump. Yes, yes, yeah. it is. There was a okay. there was a slight slight increase to processing power um, it, between those two different consoles. Yeah, um, so the processor like three was... games you you couldn't play. Yeah, on the, I th- yeah. Something like that. One of which was Xenoblade Chronicles 3D, which, mm. yeah, awesome RPG. Um, but yeah, this is, I think, very in line with a lot of what Nintendo's done, especially with their handheld stuff previously. If you go back even further than the 3DS, look at the DS, you know? You had the original brick shithouse DS, which was awesome, but the screen was a bit crap, the battery life was a bit crap, 
Um, and then the DS Lite, which had a way better screen. Still my favorite out of the DS family in terms of screen resolution. Um, and had a much, much better battery life. And then the DSi, which, again, better battery life, slightly worse screen. But, yeah, there was a, there was a few trade-offs there. So it's it's very in line for Nintendo. It's very Nintendo to do. Mm. So. I'm very excited for the 4K output when docked. Um, I've played my Switch docked twice, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> oh, no, actually, sorry, I take that back. I've been playing Luigi's Mansion because I've been playing that with my partner. We played that docked. Other than that, I fucked around with Hades a little bit docked to see if it made me any better. It didn't. Um, <laughs> but with 4K and with games like, you know, Breath of the Wild and stuff, and the game I'm probably most looking forward to ever since it came out that this would be an OLED screen and because I I know what that boost in color is going to do. I mean, a boost in color on Nintendo games, oh, yeah. beautiful. Like, perfect for it. Splatoon 3 is going to look stunning. Yeah, I am that's pumped. Good I've never played Splatoon game, but I couldn't imagine a better game to show this off. I also think uh, Mario Odyssey will be a perfect example of that as well, especially yeah, yeah. in in some some areas like the Cascade Kingdom with all the waterfalls and stuff, and the the T Rex that you can grab. Like that is going to look incredible because it already does. It already looks fucking fantastic, even on the 720p. Um, you know, LCD screen. It still looks fantastic now. So seeing that on an OLED screen or at 4K is just going to be gorgeous. Yeah. And I'm down for it. I'm so down for it. I, d- I don't think... I think a lot of people are looking at just, okay, 720, 720, not going to be much of a difference. I think people are in for a really big... If this is the case, and Bloomberg's pretty good with this. Well, I was going to say, this is the thing. It's come from Bloomberg, which gives it way more credibility than anything we've heard previously. Yeah. All the previous stuff has just been... You know, through the grapevine, ah, oh, someone's like a mate of mine who knows a guy who once worked with someone who's uncle my uncle who is, works for Nintendo. It works for Nintendo. You know, like that's how we've had this information fed to us previously. But this is coming from Bloomberg, and yes, you know they've reached out to people who haven't wanted to comment, and that's fine. That's fair enough. But Bloomberg wouldn't publish a report like this without some form of credibility. Well, I think the big mm. thing is. Sam, but it is fact that Samsung uh, Display Company is making these 7-inch, 720 OLED screens. Yeah. Unless they're making some big-ass phones, it's got to be for something. I mean, if they come down and say, oh, no, lol, jokes, Vita 2, PlayStation Vita 2, yes, Hello? please? <laughs> Can you hear me? No. <laughs> sure, I'm, I'm, I'm up for that. <laughs> doing, um, doing more reading into this, they are... Lots of other rumors that are sort of floating around from much less reputable sources, um, including things like the Switch being DLSS equipped, which seems a little bit far-fetched. But at the same time, if they could do something like that, that could be how they can enable upscaling things to greater than 720p, Um, the, the whole 4K capability that keeps being referred to. Um, because there's no way that a Tegra X1 that powers the Switch can run anything in 4K unless it's like Doom 93, you know? Like, it's it's just not which, possible. Which, yes, please. Thank you. <laughs> um, that. 
So I'm well, curious about all that. I, I, well, I want to see what the guts are going to be. Um, that's the thing. I, I think I make a purchase. I think it will come down to what's packed in the dock. So at the moment, it's basically yeah. a little Raspberry Pi, which just you know tries to overclock. It the just processor. pops on the screen. It doesn't really do much. Yeah, yeah it just overclock overclocks the processor a little bit. Um, but the dock itself is quite small, not very bulky. And doesn't have a lot of guts to it. If you put a bit more into the dock, make it a bit heavier, make it a bit more substantial, and probably make it... You're going to have to make it bigger anyway for it to fit this new, bigger screen. Well, I don't think... I don't think the actual... From what I'm hearing, I don't think the console itself is going to be bigger. It's just losing the bevels. That would be mm-hmm. nice. That would Which be Which would be nice. beautiful because when you... Yeah. When, when yeah. I first read that, I'm like, oh, okay, I didn't know if you think they were that big. And then I looked at the switch and I'm like, ugh. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Put yourself together, you mess. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like it, it'll be one of those things that I think if you can put more into the dock, make the dock do the majority of the legwork, then you've, you've got yourself a really nice recipe for something that's going to just look great. It's such an odd console to develop for if, if, if it is what we think it may be, because you can make such a gorgeous game running, you know, boosting through a more substantial dock but then you also have to consider well, what's it like what's the experience going to be like for somebody who does who plays it all undocked are they going to have the same experience how much is it going to drop off can we do certain things are we being held back a little bit um there's going to be a lot of interesting things come out of it the thing i'm looking forward to is you know if it is more powerful internally better ports um as we spoke about mm. last week ports on switch for the uh, you know very very cool in concept most of the time i mean uh apex legends just dropped this week and apparently it's it's rough it's a bit rough yeah i would love to see games of that ilk running smoothly on a switch well that's that's what i'm excited for um side note for those of you who are listening that have been playing um uh that have been playing apex on the switch you can turn off cross-platform play because you are at a huge disadvantage because of the lower resolution. Well, that automatically on? Ugh. Yeah, what? it's on by default. Um, so, yes, if you want to have a slightly better experience playing against more Switch owners, making the fight a bit more fair, you want to turn off cross-platform play in your options. PSA. That's a good, that was a good public service yeah. announcement. Good call. Well, speaking of announcements, Simon, you're you're just setting these up for me. Uh, speaking <laughs> of announcements, we had a really well, we had a big announcement that happened last year. We have spoken about this in the past, but it has been now confirmed. Xbox acquired Zenimax, therefore Bethesda. Um, not just Bethesda. In this seven point five billion, seven point five billion dollars is such a stupid amount of money. You know. Jeff Bezos could fucking sneeze that out of his arse and not even feel it. Yeah, but Jeff Bezos is 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 an idiot. <laughs> He's a very rich idiot. And also, yeah, Jeff, true. we love you, buddy. If you want to, if you want to, um, sub, please give um, me ten hit the sub bu- hit, hit the sub button on on Twitch. Um, we have a <laughs> Patreon if you subs. want. <laughs> Go nuts. Um, Gift seven point five billion dollar acquisition um, of Zenimax. So therefore, Microsoft now own Bethesda. Id Software, Zenimax Online, Arcane Studios, Machine Games, Tango Gameworks, Alpha Dog, and Roundhouse Studios have all been brought into the family. So that all your T's have been crossed or your I's have been dotted, that is now set in stone. 
which uh, we had a lot of questions um, when this was first put out, the possibility of this happening. We had a lot of questions. And while a lot of them have been answered, a lot still hang in the air a little bit. Mm. So basically what we're going to do, because this is a very, very big story, is break this down to a few little questions and discuss each one. First up. First up. First up. Nothing can possibly go wrong. Uh, Keelan, Sam, what do you think of the general messaging around this whole move? I'm a big fan of it. I think they've done this really, really well. How do you think this has been explained? Do you think your everyday punter understands what's happened here? And um, how think, monumental this moment is for I think games people, as a whole. People understand, but I don't think they understand the significance of it. They go, okay, cool. Xbox has bought out Bethesda or, you know, Zenimax who are, uh, look after all these games. That's what they get. They don't understand the individual studios. They don't understand the significance of the, the purchases, you know, having the weight of the Fallout and the Elder Scrolls franchise tied in with, you know, obviously your Dooms and things like that. All of these really nice, big, heavy-hitting games that everyone knows, everyone loves. Having all of them come under Microsoft, I don't think is something that people will totally understand until slightly later on. I think when you think of, because everyone looking at this, they see just Bethesda. And when you think of Bethesda, you think of Elder Scrolls, you think of Fallout. It's yeah. those other games that, that I think a lot of people are forgetting, like, you know, you Dishonored, Prey, Doom, stuff like that. Like, that's mm. all under Xbox now. This is really, really big. Keelan, you're sort of our Xbox guy and PC guy. How are you? How do you feel about the, the messaging of this? Do you feel, as an Xbox gamer, uh, you know, at heart, do you feel excited about this? So you know, I don't really care about like corporate. You're a bit a bit of man, yeah. Like that, um, it's it's not really interesting to me. But the way that they handled that is surprisingly open, and Very I think the, human. the yeah, the communication around all yeah. of it has been surprisingly like honest and forthright. Um, and props to them, I guess. Like that's that's good. That's better than I'm I was expecting. A big fan of how they've done this. So. They've had multiple posts on Xbox Wire, which is the Xbox blog. They had an hour-long roundtable discussion with Phil Spencer, head of Xbox, um, Aaron Greenberg, Good. Aaron Losey, Sarah Bond, Todd Howard, big Todd. Todd Howard also, Howdy. for the very small Venn diagram that crosses over here, looks like the guy who does the heavy vocals in Dance Gavin Dance. There you go. There's oh my, my niche God. reference for the day. He does, he doesn't does. he? Yeah. <laughs> there you can't see it, can you? Simon's like, you... Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> um, now, this hour-long roundtable, they they came out and said, this isn't going to be full of games. We're not going to be showing off, you know, Elder Scrolls 6 and Fallout 77. Um, they, they called it a, quote, a great chance to learn more about the teams and the people at Bethesda. And it did have this kind of, like, family vibe to it. They keep saying that we're bringing Bethesda into the Xbox family. So just having all these human faces up there um, really made had an impact on me, and I I get these like I know it's all propaganda, but it gets me yeah. sometimes. And the um, uh, what was the, the the video called? Here's to the journey. Here's to the journey. Bethesda yeah, put the out a video I- called Here's to the journey, and it was it was touching. 
it's one of those things you watch and it's like, okay, I, I understand what they get to try and do here. But also there is a level of, no, that this team has worked hard. They've worked together and they they have accomplished amazing things. Um, I think it's, I mean, I've, I won't go on about this. I've spoken about it before, but it's very easy to look cynically at all game studios. But when you actually realize the human stories behind the human element and that there, this is a group of people who've come together with an idea and they've been able to put it out there and it has resonated with people and that company can move up and up and they can become bigger, better. I, I find it really touching at times. Um, and yeah, this one. It's got to me, got me around the heartstrings. And I can't imagine another, I can't imagine like a Sony or Nintendo, at least since Reggie left, doing something like this because both of those companies just don't have a face anymore. They don't have the people come on stage and like, okay, I know who that is. Like, we know who they are, but you don't feel like you know them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think that's, that's one thing that was, um, I think, lost when Doug Bowser took over as uh, head of Nintendo of America. What a name. Um, I love it so I much. I know. Man. Like, That's you so couldn't perfect. have asked for a better name, honestly. But like, Imagine having, like, the new head of Xbox being called, like, John the bad guy from Halo. A unique surname. <laughs> I don't know what the bad guys in Halo are called. I bit off more than I could chew then. Yeah, you did. But it's, it's one of those things. It's like, he's, I think, made maybe two or three appearances in, you know, nintendo direct videos and stuff like that um and that's it like that's that's all we've really seen of him whereas reggie obviously he's had he had loads loads and loads of time to really sort of get into the formats of things and you know spearheaded a lot of what are now sort of considered classic nintendo things to do um so it's interesting to see how doug bowser is going to go about it because you know he's relatively fresh in the role He's got plenty to learn. He's got very big shoes to fill. But yeah, at the moment, Nintendo are definitely lacking that sort of human touch and the face that and, you know yeah, we're, like, we're sort of appreciating here. With Sony, you see them come out like at, at E3 or, or uh, um, whatever Sony conference they want to have. And it's like, Sh- Sean Layton comes out. It's like, all right, like when I see you, I'm like, I know who you are. But when I think of Xbox, I think of Phil Spencer now. Yeah. And it's re- they're a really, really nice acquisition because when I think of Bethesda, I think of Todd Howard. And it's I, cool kind of having these two faces. Damn it, Todd like, Howard. Okay. When I think of PlayStation, I think of Mark Cerny and then I think of Ears. And then I think of Knack <laughs> 3, baby. <laughs> now, let's roll to the next question. How hands-on do you think Microsoft will be? Will Bethesda games change? The Bethesda games have a definite vibe to them. I mean... Like I mentioned before, a lot of people forget that games like Prey and Dishonored and stuff like that are Bethesda titles. But when you know, when you know, you notice. It's like, mm. okay, there's something about this feels like Skyrim or something about this feels like Fallout. They all share a certain DNA. Do you think that will change? If it does change, do you think that's for, the, for better or worse? I don't know if it's going to change that focus. Maybe, maybe they'll hone in on that, in fact. Mm. Um, they'll just have more resources to pull off their vision. I think that's what Microsoft's going to provide in this in this deal here. I, I kind of agree with that. I think it is like yeah. so. There are twenty three studios now under the Xbox banner, so that's a lot of shared knowledge. And yeah, Bethesda does stuff wrong. There are some things in Bethesda. I really hope they take this moment to stop, take stock, and change, and maybe take a bit of a different step here because they were going down some interesting paths 
Yeah, look, they they learned some hard lessons. Hard lessons with 76. Yeah, 76. Some really difficult times that they went through. But on top of those lessons now, they also have the shared knowledge of all of those studios that you mentioned, not to mention Microsoft's leadership and all of that stuff. I mean, I, I only see this as a good thing for the direction of their games. And judging by, I guess, the progress and the amount of information that has been released thus far... The big tentpole Bethesda games, Starfield, Elder Scrolls 6, they're not coming out anytime soon. So we're going to have plenty of time for Microsoft's influence to be sort of felt on those games. Hopefully what it means at the end of the day, for me at least, is a little bit more polish. Do you think any of those games are going to be fast track though? Because I I think they they need to. They need this 20 kajillion dollar investment to pay off pretty quickly. Not quickly, but they need something to show for it. I have I, a feeling that um, I was saying this before. I don't think we'll get an Outer Worlds two. That's Obsidian working on that. I think the smart thing will be for Xbox to say, "Hey guys, you did great work on the things you did right in Outer World, Outer Wild, Outer Worlds, Outer Worlds, Outer Worlds. Outer worlds. Outer things worlds. you did right in Outer Worlds are the things that games like Fallout and." Elder Scrolls are doing wrong right now. If we can get you guys working on that, then we well, have the game on uh, our hands. Well, I mean, have, have a look at the one time that Obsidian was allowed to work on the Fallout franchise. Yeah, and it's arguably, it's considered the best, arguably the best well, Fallout game. Obsidian is working on Avowed, so I don't know if that's their focus or not. Oh, yeah, shit, they are working on Avowed. Yeah, they, well, they have we heard anything else about on. that? No, we have not. That, that make so, it can't. Maybe it could. I, maybe it, I, maybe it could I, be changed to be like a, a Bethesda, like core Elder Scrolls type spin-off thing or something. Oh, no, I, I, no, I think it will get canned. Whatever they're working on, the I, I, just throw it in the bin. Maybe some assets and stuff, uh, you know, um, kind of brought in to Elder Scrolls Six. I think the smart movies get that team. That is a very, very talented team, and they seem to fill all the gaps that Bethesda have with, let's say, Elder Scrolls Six. They, they, if they're gonna have the same mentality they did with like Skyrim and Oblivion and stuff like that, there are holes that need to be filled. And I think Obsidian is th- a team to do that. No, nah, I think, I think, because the problem is here is Obsidian, um, they do very, very good work. They just need to give themselves, so they just need to be given more time to actually finish a game properly for once. Um, because they've never been given a, a you know a nice enough time frame to release anything, um, so I think going forward, uh, I think Microsoft are going to just let things be for the time being. They're going to be like, all right, I've moved you. You've moved house. This is your new house now. Calm down. It's all fine. Settle in. Take your time. Settled. Get used to it. Um, and then in a year or so, that's when they'll be like, okay, now you guys have settled in. You've, you know, been ticking away on, on your little projects and, you know, been just mulling everything over as usual. Here's what we want. So it's, it's only going to be, I think, maybe a year or so from now that we'll actually see them start to get involved in the development process, actually. So uh, I also want to mention something other, a big major release you might have heard of, which I guess it changed how a lot of people do things in the video game industry. A little game called Cyberpunk 2077. Um, I think people are terrified right now of having another situation like that, where you have something overhyped and undercooked um, being well, released. Well, sorry, early. I'm going to rephrase what I said. I, when I when I said r- like to rush it, 
I mean, to get it right. Because Cyberpunk is actually a game that I want to bring up as an example as well. Elder Scrolls 6 because it has inherent hype. Like, it's if false. you were to put all the most anticipated games in order, Elder Scrolls 6 is probably at the top. Um, you need to get that right. And I think if 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 you to get to get that right and a hundred percent and as the big like Xbox is like, yep, this is why we paid that money. This yeah. is now all worth it. If you have to scrap a game like Avowed, so be it. No, but now, I, I think I think Avowed's guaranteed to to shift units. 100%. It will shift units, but that would be absolutely dwarfed by but, any else. I, I, can do. I mean, right. yeah, in in theory, but Plus also you're, again, it's not the, so much about it's not so much about selling. Just Elder Scrolls Six will sell units no matter what. Yeah, of but course. you need it to be a definitive game, like Skyrim was at the time. You need it to be such a putting their foot down, saying. This is why, as a gamer, you get an Xbox. This is why you're on Game Pass. This game. I, I think that is worth so much more than shipping units with a Avowed, which no doubt will sell. It did look interesting, but it's gone quiet. I think they are trying to sell Game Pass now. This whole acquisition was about Game Pass, which we'll get into in a moment. And I think perfect getting a game out that is close to perfect, as, cl- as close to perfect as humanly possible with Elder Scrolls Six, And they do everything they can possibly do to get it to that point. I think that that's going to make their money back. That's going to make the investment worth it. I do not think you can say that anything has gone quiet when also in the same breath you're talking about Elder Scrolls 6. Yeah. You, you know what we've seen of Elder Scrolls 6? We've seen a logo as a camera panned over a coastline. Yep. And that's all now, they I need don't to know show. if you're familiar with the location of Tamriel, but Jesus Christ, there's a lot of fucking coastlines. And we, n- we don't even know where it's set. We don't know what's called. We don't what's know what I'm saying? Like, it, is, it has inherent value, though. It's like saying, like, when Breath of the Wild 2 comes out, you know what the next game we're going to be looking forward to is? Breath of the Wild 3. <laughs> like, yeah, but, it just, but we, I mean, we know that as a milestone moment in gaming, and we want I, the next one. But I would also argue that you can say that with Obsidian as a new game because Obsidian, as a developer, carry weight. Everyone looks forward to Obsidian stuff because of the like the personal relationships you can have with NPCs and the funny dialogue and it, it, shit like that. Like it's, yeah. I think uh, you're you're comparing like apples and pears, really. I I, I don't. I think I think I'm comparing oranges and, Microsoft- a, and a whole fruit market. Well, Microsoft <laughs> yeah. are not. That short-sighted that they would toss aside what could potentially be a, a major exclusive title being a developed by one IP. of their studios to to focus in on something else instead, which is a guaranteed success. Um, yeah, th- they're looking to build that library, and that that is what what their messaging has been all this way through. That's what this purchase has been about. It's about building the uh, the the great exclusive games they can well, offer bef- on Xbox platforms. Before we move into exclus- exclusivity, the games that we know are being worked on right now by Bethesda are the Elder Scrolls Six, Starfield, which I would love if um uh they got like uh who's making Halo right now three four three. Yeah, if they got some sort of advice on combat, because <laughs> I'm very very worried <laughs> about combat in Starfield, <laughs> because. Because of that Bethesda vibe that we mentioned before, they've got it right once with Doom. They've never got it right again since. Uh, and, and the one on. I'm can, can we just go back quickly? Do you remember when they were like, we played a lot of Destiny and that influenced the shooting in Fallout 4? 
Do you guys feel any destiny in Fallout 4? I feel the same disappointment I felt when I played Destiny 1 when it came out. Like, um, to that extent, yes. The the only sort of destiny I felt in Fallout 4 was the destination of turning off my computer sake, I can hear it again. As you started leading into that joke, I could hear the Seinfeld bass line. <laughs> <laughs> What's the deal hey, with Starfield? It wasn't that bad. If you compare, you know, the... Their combat in the latest games, so Fallout 76 to previous games. I don't know, say Morrowind or something like that. It's it's like saying that like a snail is faster than a fish on land. Like it is, but it's not great. Um and the other the other (laughs) game that I'm very excited about actually the game I'm probably I'm really really excited about. Indiana Jones. I am really excited to see what they're doing with this. Yeah, because amazing. Um, depending on who's working on it, they do games with momentum really well. And I feel like Indiana Jones, like escaping some, like a temple as it collapses, could be really cool because you think of games like, um, I'm thinking mainly of Dishonored. The way you move around is, re- can be really fluid as it starts to link together. I'm imagining that, like kind of jumping out of a cave and into a car and stuff like that. Um, and maybe, um, hopefully, we've got Dishonored 3, Doom 3, and w- most importantly, Wolfenstein 3 in the works at, mm. to some level. Just quickly to go back to um, that Indiana Jones thing, just a little hint. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a call here, a little bit of a crazy bet. They're gonna bring Amy Hennig in to write the game, and <laughs> it's gonna be fucking awesome. It's Woo. like Uncharted two. Who does she work Could- for right now? I don't know. Yeah. She's she's not with Naughty Dog. So. She's not with Naughty Dog, and then she went somewhere else, and I don't think she's with them anymore either. Like I think she's left that company as well. That she be a free agent right now. Who knows? Maybe. I mean, Bring she made she made Microsoft. She's made a great Indiana Jones game already. Mm. Yep. Now, you brought up exclusivity before. Do we think business wise, not so much about gamers? Oh, we can get into that. But first up, business wise, is console ex- exclusivity the right choice for Xbox? Now, a big quote that came out of this was Phil Spencer said, "Some." New titles in the future. Some new titles in the future from Bethesda will be exclusive to Xbox and PC. Do we think that's a bit of wiggle room for the sake of it? When you said yeah. some? Yeah, because your yeah, Elder Scrolls, the more platforms it's on, the better it's going to sell. That's just a simple fact. Um, there's no point in making that exclusive. I disagree with um, that. Uh, an Elder Scrolls game? No, 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 I know, I know that it's going to sell. Atrocious. Yes, but that's not what they're selling. They are not yeah. selling Elder Scrolls. They're, they're not going to sell Game Pass. Exactly. They're not going to sell consoles. They're, they're not going to sell, sell consoles. Products. Consoles don't matter anymore. I think this this is going to be a very interesting dynamic shift to see where Xbox does want to go in the future. It, yeah. I, I think I want, being the Sony guy here, there is a part of me, my heart bleeds right now for people who have a PlayStation. I don't care for those Sony ponies online because the rhetoric behind this whole decision online has just been the stupidest stuff you'll ever see. Sony fans, we got Insomniac and there was no big deal about it. Like, come on. Um, yeah. But, you know, people who bought the, the PS5 or the PS4 or whatever, they don't really play into this whole console war bullshit and they really were looking forward to the new Fallout game or the new Skyrim. Hey, it, it, it sucks for them. But I think business-wise... You don't splash out this much money to share your toys with other people. Like <laughs> this is 
Xbox is like, this is ours now, and you get it on Game Pass. Like, they're not selling individual games on Game Pass. They're not selling individual franchises or titles. They're selling that Game Pass as a service and as a concept. I, I, I don't see. I'm so you're, glad you're on board with look, my vision I, for Game Pass. That's what it is. Look, you really sold me on it. I mean, I remember last yeah. year when we first talked about this, I'm like, no, that is ridiculous. But the more you, you, you've read the tea leaves in this one, you are 100%. So mm. right about it, and I'm a hundred percent on board. I think this is really smart, and just having the Xbox um, One X, you you feel that direction whenever you jump on, and now it's like it's the first thing you see. I'm not, I don't think about when I say I'm going to play Xbox. I mean I'm going to go play Game Pass. I'm not going to go to put a disc in like a Neanderthal. Okay. Hey, you take my physical media from my cold, <laughs> dead hands. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm playing Game Pass, and like I'm not a big PC gamer, but lately I have been because I've been playing a lot of stuff through Game Pass. It's gotten to me without me knowing, and I, I think that's that they want more people like me, um, who will mindlessly spend money on their products, <laughs> but agree. like who who will cross over and be like, look at it as uh, just it, it is a service. I can play Xbox anywhere, and if Australia had a proper internet connection, I could even play it on mobile. But we don't. Well, that's the thing that I wanted to bring up, but I guess maybe maybe it's more appropriate for the next question that you'll well, ask. I do want to play counterpoint to my own point, because I'm like that. Um, Simon, you brought up selling it on all consoles, and I actually do see on the argument for that. Yeah. It was basically while researching this that I flipped. But a game that, uh, sorry, a studio that Microsoft bought out was, um, uh, who makes uh, Minecraft? Mojang? No. Mojang, yeah. Mojang, yeah. They bought them out. Minecraft is, an, is a Microsoft property and it's out in everything because it sells units. I oh, yeah. I think that is slightly different because they didn't, ha- they weren't trying to sell Game Pass. I think their, inv- their landscape, their place in the board has changed. And it's like, okay, this is our big play. This is how we sell Game Pass as a whole thing. Um, being said, though, you know, Sony fans don't stress too much. If you're excited for Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo, they have come in and confirmed that any games that were contractually multi-platform will remain so. Uh, so we'll still get support for older games like, you know, Fallout 76, if you're still playing that. It's still going to have updates and stuff like that. And Deathloop and Ghostwire that come out later this year, hopefully. Um, will be coming out multi-platform as well. See, I would, I guess as sort of a counter-argument to my point, is perhaps they do exclusive to Game Pass. And Game Pass, they make it more available. And I think that leads... <laughs> Something we can get into a little bit further down because yeah, we have the Game yes. Pass as a, as a whole... But That's part of my point I was going to make later. We'll, let's do yeah. we think? Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll sort of put, put a pin in that for now. Take out Game Pass from the equation, though, and you just put these tentpole games, like Fallout 5, whatever it is, and Elder Scrolls, and Doom. Da, da, da. Would that be enough to make Sony fans, and, and to a lesser extent, I guess, Nintendo fans, jump on board? Um, mm, I, don't, I don't know. That's the thing. I don't think. I think they only. It, it's it's more of a risk to make it exclusive. If you put it out on all consoles, it's a safe bet. It's basically a guaranteed return investment. 
You're going to sell units. You're going to get that money back. If you make it exclusive, you just run the risk of alienating people that either A, can't afford an Xbox or a PC, or, you know, people that just aren't interested in that format. Yeah. I, ex- I so, expect there to be one more major purchase by Microsoft um, before, they, before they take that. <laughs> <laughs> that strategy and they, they just start making things completely entirely exclusive to wait do you services. think do you do you have something in mind or no, i don't have a company oh in mind, man that was I a think build up and off yeah i was like oh, damn it keep, well, i'll, keep, I'll have something later take a punt I, I haven't i haven't read all the tea leaves yet or all anything, right so okay we'll get back we'll, to us when we'll you know it. okay we'll get to it Good, but I mean, like I, from from my perspective, like if if it came out that you know Elder, the next Elder Scrolls and the next Fallout games were exclusive to Xbox platforms, uh, then I'm just gonna get it on PC. Yeah. I'm not gonna buy an Which Xbox is what Series they want. X. They and I, was, I probably would yeah. get it on PC anyway, but I feel like you know I'm fortunate enough to have a good rig ready to go for that sort of stuff. People I'd say you have a good rig indeed. I mean, the camera's on. I can see it. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> But, you know, uh, other people who aren't as fortunate enough to have, you know, this sort of stuff set up, it's just going to alienate them. And I don't think it's worth it. I, um, Jesse, I, just then, quickly, then, yo. in answer to your question about Nintendo fans, no. No, yeah, fans I feel like put Nintendo fans, no, I'm like, nah, no, of course not. No, no not at all. No. Um, I speak on behalf of all the Nintendo fans. No. <laughs> hey, dude, when you speak, I take that as behalf of all Nintendo fans. <laughs> 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 um, all right. So... There is there when this was first touted, this whole exchange, I thought because I wanted these games to come to PlayStation because I know a lot of PlayStation fans are pissed at the moment. Kind of not pissed, just a little bit bummed out. But releasing the games on all consoles, but making the definitive, the best version, the version that gets all the DLC, the version that gets a little few things extra or early or whatever make that the xbox one kind of get people in with a free sample and then be like hey if you want the rest you gotta pay for it because remember they're not trying to sell xbox units they're not trying to sell consoles they're trying to sell game pass so it is if they were if game pass was just on a 750 dollar console they'd get stuff this plan this doesn't work at all but when it becomes a however much how much is game pass per month 16 bucks 16 bucks it's about the same price as netflix about that yeah, um something like that yeah if you're making that available on you know a lot of people have pcs that can run at least basic stuff on um yeah they can play, play basic shit on their pc or they already have an xbox or we'll get into this into this more in in, in uh, a future question maybe just through their tv it becomes mm-hmm. a question of well rather than playing elder scrolls 6 and spending 80 bucks and getting a ps5 Pay 16 bucks, get Elder Scrolls 6 and everything else. And they're not selling that game anymore. They sold the service. I, I, I think this is just the biggest piece of bait they now have to bring people into that service because, I get, I, you know, five years, Keelan, you really got to me with this, man. Yeah, you know, yeah, five, right. 10 years down the track, we will not be talking about Xbox as a console. The Xbox you know, console will just not exist. People are scared of that concept and they don't really understand yet what Game Pass is or they're, they're like, oh, do I own the games now? Do I get the keeper? Like, what about my save games? Do I lose that? Do I get my achievements? What do I get? What What is the deal here? And Elder Scrolls Six is big enough to drag even the most cynical person in. I think 
I think Thanks. ten years from now, what you know the the big heads at Xbox want the Xbox console to look like is a Chromecast. It's just going to be a black circle with a with a green X in it. You plug into your TV and it's running through there. Keelan, you've taken you you you've like a parasite of my brain. Ah, uh, you get it. You understand where I I'm going. Finally clicked. I've seen the light. I, I have to. I have to. I have to open this up now. I have to open it up. Okay, so Stadia is dead in the water. No, oh, it, it's failed because yeah. Google. Uh, went all in too quickly. They didn't yeah. take the normal approach and just say, mm-hmm. okay, we're going to do a sort of, we're going to ease into it and then build from there. They just went all in and they fucking blew it. Stadia sucks. Yeah. Um, Microsoft is doing what Google should have done and they're going slowly, slowly pushing ahead with developing and building the service that they have, Game Pass. Now, what they've done at towards the end of 2020 is they released Game uh, xCloud on Android. And you can stream 100 games onto your Android phone paired up with uh, a Microsoft or a Sony controller, any Bluetooth-enabled uh, controller, and you can play that game right there with lag but minimal lag. As technology develops, that lag is going to decrease further and further and further. What Microsoft needs to do next is beat Apple and beat Apple's Apple Arcade, which is their own game subscription service. Until until they can get permission to exist on that store, on the iOS store, and be like legally able to stream easily for consumers, they're not really going to be able to push forward with their plan. Once they have Apple on board, Sony and Nintendo holding off from that will, will seem really really freaking petty and really dumb it's almost a a given thing if they get apple aka like the most valuable company on the planet right now maybe amazon i'm not sure one of those two if they get apple on board they've got it they've made it if you can stream on an ios device you've reached so many people if you can stream on your android device if it's cheap if it works well if it's affordable Guys, that's it. That's the vision. It's going to be the Chromecast thing, like Jesse said. I think one of the most positive things for Xbox has been Stadia failing. Because they they now have a roadmap not to take. They can can learn from their mistakes. Um, And Stadia is one of those things that, like, it's definitely different in Australia because we never had a chance to even get hands-on with it because... Our internet is just like two cans and a piece of string together. Um, but I have seen a lot of people online, especially in the last few months. I recently upgraded months. to the five can um, plan. Oh, Thank you. <laughs> um, I've seen a lot of people online, especially since Cyberpunk came out, because a lot of people were playing Cyberpunk via Stadia, saying this is shockingly good. I think it was one of those things that you kind of just need to take that first leap. And we're probably overtly cynical in Australia because one, personally, I'm a little bit jealous. I would love to give this a go, but we just can't here. And two, we haven't had a shot with it. It, it could be a lot better than we we think. Um, and it could just be one of those things where you need to do it and then you understand it a little bit more. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I love the concept. I really grew to, grew to like it. I think Stadia had some, uh, some upside to it, some interesting points, you know, yeah. interesting elements to it. But yeah. I, I agree. If Xbox can learn some lessons from Sadie going down, then so be it. Because I'd rather play the Game Pass games via That's the vision. Stream. And they know what not to do. So, yeah, you're right. This could and work out. 
I think um, just sort of going back to what you're saying, Kios, about you know getting Apple on board and then you know leaving um, everything else sort of in the dust. I think we're probably going to see it on Nintendo platforms before we see it on iOS. Well, let's get into that in a moment. Simon, you are just teeny's up for me, buddy. We are thinking up. <laughs> um, next question is, what does this mean for Game Pass? Should platforms like Steam and Epic Games still be worried? I think Steam should be worried, so should Epic Games, and it's good because they both need to get their fucking shit together. <laughs> Sorry. Reach. Thank you. Agreed. Honestly, so much. Um, Steam, when it first, you know, took over as the dominant force in PC gaming, it was good. It had plenty and plenty and plenty of variety without brash, and you know, you could highlight really good games, and lots of indie games made their breakthrough on Steam. Like that was the haven for quality. And now, over the recent years, it's just turned to complete crap. Lack of competition. There is just, there's, exactly. They've been left unchecked. The closest thing that's come to it has been Epic Games. And with Epic um, buying up exclusivity deals and so on and so forth, which, you know, people would say, oh, it's competitive. You know, that's what it is. It is it or is it anti-consumer? Because it's a bit of both. And, you know, yeah, some things Epic do are definitely way more pro-consumer and i love that i would say i, I would like say it's anti-consumer if you had to pay for both services i think considering but both platforms are free it becomes just consumer choice like they can go to either one i know but i mean it's i mean i i have had epic games store installed on my pc to play borderlands 3 and then after i got bored of that i haven't touched i uninstalled it and i haven't touched it since I still use Steam frequently. But that, 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 like, that's, that's more an indictment on, on Borderlands, which is, I mean, fair call. Yeah. It's, uh, um, it, it, it's <laughs> but, in the name. But, you know, but it hasn't done, like, Epic Games hasn't put out enough for me to go, oh, yeah, this is going to be uh, my primary thing of choice. In fact, I've, I've been leaning more and more into um, GOG from um, CD Projekt. You know, like, that. that's been the thing I've been using is... I've been launching games through that because that GOG Galaxy combined Epic Games, your Bethesda launcher, and Steam into one thing. Oh, not, can we not and talk about the Bethesda launcher on this podcast, sir? Yeah. <laughs> let's, 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 but, okay, we have, we have but, limits, okay? But, you know, that, that's my point is that you get everything combined into one thing and now GOG's looking like, oh, hang on, this might actually be pretty good. And also it's DRM-free oh. and licensing issues don't exist. And I think if Game Pass can just make that little break through into the PC market, make it a little less weird on PC, because so, that's my issue with it, is that it's very weird. So as as a, uh, um, a modern, time-starved, money-starved person living in 2021, why would I go onto one of those stores and pay for a game when I have so much to play, which is good... On Sorry. the game on Game Pass because it's curated no. and it's yeah. and it's good. Like, yeah. why game would I spend stunning. any more money than that? So, yeah. you know, we're quickly getting to the point for me at least where like all the games I want to play are on Game Pass. There's maybe two or three games in the past two, three four months. The only game that I've purchased 
through a store has been Valheim because it's early access and it's how much is that? It's just not anywhere else. So how much? How much is Valheim? I'm I'm, I'm curious. Uh, it's uh, twenty nine dollars Australian. Oh dear, I'm in. Yeah, it's it's great. Um, but I'm looking at at Microsoft service and I'm like. Why would I even bother with the other things? I'll go and log in for a, a Steam sale, and most of the games that are there, I either have because I've gotten them for free through the Epic Game Store, or it's on Game Pass. So, why would I spend twenty eight dollars for this game here? I can play it for nothing. It's been really interesting monthly fee. seeing people's reaction to this on Twitter and stuff like that, um, because. The, the whole defense of like Epic Store, Game Pass, uh, GRG, Steam, stuff like that has reached the same point as like, remember like peak console wars where like yes. the act- actual discussion was buried because they just had this like cultish mentality towards their, <laughs> their, their thing of choice. Like, well, and, and kind of, I think a lot of people defend What's Steam. That, you like, play a Sega Mega Drive? No, you're. Dummy. And nowadays, it's like Stupid. you're like, look, that's pretty, that's fucking cool. Um, but Hell I yeah, think people when they pump, awesome. like, ah, oh, I've pumped a thousand dollars into Steam. I have ten thousand games that I've never played. Therefore, I feel I feel like I need to input my own value on it and defend it. Um, I think you, you could. I opened up Steam today. I looked and like, there's nothing here that I want to play that isn't on Game Pass. If you compare um, Game Pass, it has hundreds. How, how many games are on Game Pass? It's the top of your head. It's like 200, isn't it? 200? Yeah. 200 compared to the thousands on Steam. You pick the 200 because they're good games. They're proper games. Like, Steam yeah, it's is quality of flooded with shit. Even games um, that you may want to play, it's like, there needs to be some sort of curation here because this doesn't need, this is clogging the platform. Um, Actually, just very quickly on the topic of Steam. Uh, right now, they do have a thing going on where Metro 2033 is available to keep for free. You can just add it to your library. Um, that is currently, I think, ongoing for the next 32 hours at the time of recording. So if you listen to this on Tuesday, I'm sorry. Um, I think we're probably fresh out of... And this is why you should be watching us on twitch.tv forward slash story mode AUS every Sunday at 6.30. Watch us live and get all of your bargains, okay? You're setting him up again, Simon. <laughs> Thank you. I know. That was so good. I haven't, had, and I haven't had a chance to say that in a long time. Okay, well, yeah, what, but, uh, we probably yeah. touched on the Game Pass a fair bit in regards to like you know what it can do but where do we think game pass will go do we think the game pass will appear on more devices i sort of just dropped that bomb and i i think it will become it's not so much i i stole keelan's idea and i said it louder but i think it will become a, a tv app you know you you turn your smart tv nowadays you've got netflix you got stan disney plus ko everything I think next thing we're going to see it on is the switch Swanch. nintendo and microsoft already have a very good working relationship with each other um so i think that is probably going to be where we where we start seeing it next would we see anything go the other way would we see any nintendo game come to game pass um if anything i reckon it might be some token games like some mario sports games and stuff like that which hey look it's a mario I game mean, cool. like, eh? Eh? i mean the concept the idea of even playing a mario game on another console is just yeah, I know. Huge, I know. Um, and obviously, Nintendo are very protective of their IPs. So you know, we might get something that sort of falls into like the 
not like more like second party yeah. uh, developed stuff um, and things like that. Maybe even third party games with exclusivity deals behind them, such as the Bayonetta franchise. I think we could see that sort of expanded further. Kingdom Battle um, on PC. Don't do it to me. Oh, oh, yeah. Don't do it that to me. That would be Don't a good do it time. To me. Oh. Um, oh, but you heart. know, like. We could, in theory, as well, if if we keep this, if Nintendo and Microsoft keep this really good relationship going, um, we could, in theory, even see, you know, a return to form of things like Banjo-Kazooie and Perfect Dark and stuff like that. We could see, potentially, obviously, this is just me sort of being a fanboy, we could see those sorts of classics come in and pave the way for, like, this nice little union that they're going to have. I reckon it's going to be Switch next, then probably iOS then they'll dominate the world and everyone will have it injected straight into your eyeballs. I'm cool with it. I'll, 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 <laughs> it's injected into my eyeball. I'll play, you know, <laughs> control in my eyes. So, um, I, I I mean, it's sorry, pretty- just real quickly, a key thing that Phil Spencer said, which has got us thinking about the whole idea that this will come to more places, is that Phil Spencer said that these games will appear on, quote, platforms where Game Pass exists. Yeah. So that is, that is the point where it's like, it is not about your console. Yes, mm, that's yes, Jesse, secret. you spent $750 on Xbox Series X, but that is meaningless now. Thanks, Phil. Um, <laughs> it, <laughs> Good damn it, Milky Spencer. It's it, 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 wherever we, this thing can go. Does your fridge have a TV on it? Well, wait a few years, you're playing on that. That whole that whole skit, of that Key and Peel skit thing at E3 they did, yeah. when they were playing Skyrim through an Alexa or a Google Home, yeah, whatever Skyrim, it was. Skyrim, yeah. very special edition. It's going to happen. <laughs> but, Jesse, you're right. And it's going to have to be through like a, a, a multi-pronged approach almost. You're going to have streaming. You're going to have, you know, a Chromecast type thing where your smart, smart TV just streams it, connects to your controller via Bluetooth and you can play like that. But you're also going to have, you're still going to have the ability to play whatever game you're playing natively as part of Game Pass. So you download it and you play it. It's running off of the system that you have, uh, whether it's your PC, whether it's a Series X, whether it's, whatever it might be we're not i don't think we'll ever see those games running natively on third-party consoles like nintendo no no playstation but we will see it streaming at some point in the future at least yeah i agree with that that's an ideal future really because that that benefits gamers as a whole uh, there there will be a moment when ps because i know the ps5 doesn't have a uh, browser on it PS4 did, or the PS3 did, but I know the PS5 doesn't. Uh, and they've been talking, they've been saying, "Yeah, we'll have it eventually. We're just trying to optimize it. There's no rush for it because what are you doing?" But I'm waiting for see somebody break shit and have Game Pass running on their PS5 via the browser. That will happen mm. in some capacity, and it'll it'll be too much, and Sony will be like, "Nope." Because much as I like I like Sony, Sony are uh, very traditional with their approach going to this this generation. It's like there's disc, there's digital, there's the box. Where Xbox yeah. is like, hey, I'm- we're pretty far behind here. We need to do something radical, and I think the path that they've chosen to take is a, is a is a is a is a good one. My ideal, yeah, I think. Sorry, sorry. Uh, I was going to say, and I think you could also say like very similar things about Nintendo as well. Um, you know, the Switch does not have a browser built into it. It's weird because it kind of does, but kind of doesn't at the same time. Um, you can access a browser for certain functions where it has to load up a web page, but it isn't a true browser in the ideal sense. Um, so, yeah, I, I think realistically what we will be able to do is, as you were saying, Jesse, you know, 
Um, we'll get some incredibly clever hackers that will be able to, you know, trick the servers into thinking it's running on an Xbox system or whatever, and it's actually running on, you know, their uh, mum's heart rate monitor or something. <laughs> mum's dead, but hey, I'm playing playing Halo Infinite. <laughs> I'm playing Doom. <laughs> if only mum was here to watch. <laughs> now, so we brought up Sony and what they're going to do. But like, how do we think Sony will respond? Are they fine with their current first-party games? Or do we think they'll do something? Like, So there is a very strong rumor going around that they are going to uh, announce their requirement of Bluepoint. Bluepoint are the ones who redid um, but Shadow the Colossus, which I'm replaying at the moment. That's what's in my head. And Demon Souls. So mm-hmm. they are the absolute... They are the masters of remasters. And if they can come out and say... Hey, they're now with us and they're remastering. Actually, probably the smart move. I was going to say Metal Gear Solid, but the smart move would be they're remastering some of our first party games, like our classic first parties. That would be a big move. I've seen yeah. the names, like, I've seen, like, oh, they're going to acquire Capcom and Konami thrown around. I don't think they. That's not what no. Sony does. When they pick up studios, it's smaller ones at a bit of a bargain price. So they picked up Insomniac, like I mentioned. They picked them up in 2018 uh, for 230 mil. So they're gonna look at studios like that. So the ones I the one I think they're gonna get is House Mark. Um, they're the team who did Resogun, and they have Returnal coming out in July. It got delayed June, whenever it is. Um, it got delayed too many times. I'm not as excited anymore. But <laughs> I think that'll be a really good pickup. I've also seen like uh, Kojima Productions, which I could see happening. I think that they are very interesting. Possible just for the that pedigree be- behind it. It's not like they're yeah. going to, they're not pumping out a game every two years, but it's just like these are, no matter what you think of like a game like Death Stranding, it is a talking point. That is a milestone of a game. Um, from software, I've also seen Square thrown around, which would, I would be very interesting. <laughs> wouldn't be, wouldn't be shocked, to be honest. I would be. I would be massively surprised if they bought Square Enix. Mm. That would be huge. I, that that's because that's that's a multi-billion-dollar company in and of itself, yeah. with all of their IPs and all of their titles. Just like their intellectual property alone is worth probably several billion. Um, let alone, you know, th- again the pedigree and all that sort of stuff. As you, as you were saying, with um, you know, like Bluepoint having a bit of pedigree and stuff, or Kojima Studios. Those are way smaller studios. Yeah. Those are. Much, much easier to purchase. I think versus I think something as big as Square. Square would be the knee jerk reaction because they'll be like, we kind of need a like for like here, and a close one would be Square. Um, and so, I mean that, that could would. be interesting. Do you guys even think that Sony will respond at all? Do they need to? They are pretty far I ahead. They, I think they'll get. They'll probably get Blue Point, um, and they might pick up Kojima. Um, but for its own sake, not as a knee-jerk reaction, not as a reaction like at all. Like, this would happen regardless of the right. Bethesda this would, Yeah, this yeah, would be its own, enough. it's completely individual. It's like, hey, Kojima, we've worked with you for so long, let's make this official and get in bed together. You're absolutely That's, right, Simon. <laughs> that, that didn't quite come out the way I meant, but you know what? I'll stick with it. <laughs> Why not? You know, it's on brand for Kojima. So <laughs> you're absolutely right. Sorry, real quickly. Do you, do you guys ever follow Kojima on um, on Twitter? He posted no. on Twitter. I lost my shit. When I, he's a very strange person on Twitter. I, I He posts either spaghetti, old music, or Lego. 
Um, which I respect because that's a lot based on what my Twitter is. But a few days ago, he posted a picture of like he got breakfast and it was two eggs. And he's like, these eggs look like boobs. Lol. And I'm looking at this. I'm like, this is one of the, the masterminds in gaming. It's one of the most like highest, like most revered people in video game history writing <laughs> boobs. Lol. Like, it was mind blowing. <laughs> You sure it wasn't you that took over his Twitter accent? <laughs> sent that. Like. I wanted the next the next tweet from him need to be I've been hacked. Yeah. <laughs> um, Simon, seriously though, back on topic. You're absolutely right. They've got a trajectory, and they're just going to follow through with it. I'm sure they yeah. have plans and stuff in place, and nothing's going to change for them. And they're going to continue making money hand over foot. They know what they're doing yeah. and they've got a good formula and it works and people love it and that's not going to change anytime soon. They did sound a little bit panicked when their response to um, exclusivities though. And I think they could be on the back of fan backlash or just fan, um, a lot of disgruntled fans um, and mm. purchases of the PS5 and stuff like that. They were very much like, oh, we're, you know, we're seeing what we can do in contractually every game that needs to come over to us will be coming to our, our, over to us. I think they were... They've been taken aback, but I think you guys are right. They, you don't become a company as big as PlayStation by having knee-jerk reactions to things. They've had, they have the yeah. next fifteen years planned out, oh, and then definitely. they're not going to divert from their plan as a response to this. It probably does, you know, put a rock in their shoe a little bit, but yeah, they'll move on from it. And yeah, I think and the the ones you brought up, so Blue Point, I still reckon House Marks is a shoe in, and Kojima, that's a really good call. I think that will happen naturally. I think. That will appease the fan base who may see that as like, oh, see, Xbox, we got one up on you now. Blah, blah, blah. And that, that whole yeah. bullshit will continue. But it would just be like Sony's like, we 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 were going to do that anyway. So yeah. enjoy. Um, I think I think the other thing I guess to sort of keep in mind as well is that um, Sony are a huge like multi-industry company. They have their fingers in lots of different pies. Same with Microsoft. Um, you know, they are mostly a technology focused company, but they're not a video game specific company. So I guess the final question is where does that leave N- Nintendo? Because they are exclusively video games, but they're off in the corner. Nintendo's always their been doing thing. their own thing. They're like, oh, look, we, we have 4K on our little handheld box. It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, though, that is pretty look impressive. Look at these so you've octopus. Got- <laughs> they're crazy. <laughs> um, bless, but, like- bless them. <laughs> they're, they're like that weird little kid in the corner yeah. just like you're right there Timmy yeah look I've <laughs> made a robot you're right there, and Doug. it's like actually a robot that's walking at you and you're like what the fuck you're right there Doug Timmy yeah <laughs> look I made the, the Italian plumber's cousin have a ghost friend and a dog but there's also Hades on this thing and it's getting me confused <laughs> I see oh, I've just just side note I've seen some Hades fan work fan art this week just on Twitter, oh, <laughs> just scrolling nice. through, like, oh, post something, post something about Hades. I'm um, like, oh, huh, huh. That's generous. Did, did, didn't think the Minotaur need to be doing that. Anyway, <laughs> moving on to um, the last little question we're getting to. Um, and it's it's a question purely phrased so I can list all the games. A bunch of games have dropped onto um, Game Pass. Xbox wants to show off their new purchase. They dropped a bunch of Bethesda titles on Game Pass. Are you going to use it as an excuse to jump into any? Now, some of these games will also be getting a, a FPS boost on the Series X and S. Uh, on top of that, 
several of the games will be playable not just on console and PC, but also on mobile devices if you live in a country with real working internet. I would never not be bitter about that. So we've got Dishonored, Definitive Edition, Dishonored 2, Doom, Doom 2, Doom 3, Doom 64, Doom Eternal, Elder Scrolls 3 Morrowind, Elder Scrolls 4 Oblivion, Elder Scrolls 5 Skyrim Special Edition, Elder Scrolls Online, Evil Within, oh, I forgot about Evil Within, Fallout 4, Fallout 76, Fallout New Vegas, Prey, Rage 2, Wolfenstein The New Order, Wolfenstein The the New... Wolfenstein The Old Blood, and Wolfenstein Young Blood. Wolfenstein, fix up your naming conventions, for fuck's sake. Yeah, Jesus Christ. I've never read them all out like that. I love your games, but... uh, Going by that, the the next game is going to be called Wolfenstein The New Blood. Oh, that works. Oh, oh no, that, that they're going to call it the new blood. Ah, well, well cross Wolfenstein. The new old blood returns. Older than ever. Bloody Part than seven. Ever. <laughs> Wolfenstein, kill Nazis. Yes, blood. Now, do any of these games catch <laughs> yeah. your eye or are there any games that you would suggest to people listening or in the chat that I kind of slept on? Because for me, it's Prey. If you haven't played Prey and you have Game Pass, get Prey. It will hook you in the first... 15 minutes. I'll, I'll second I, Prey. Prey's That's cool. a good call. Prey's cool. Um, no, I do have a question about one of the games, so I'll save that for, for now. Um, I honestly would say go back and play Skyrim. Like, I know, I know, obviously, it's a bit of a meme now, but I don't know what it is, but there is just some charm it magic inherently it. baked charm. into it. And I don't know how well you can mod games that are through Game Pass. I don't know. The interesting thing, Microsoft isn't great with modding. So it's going to be interesting to see where this stands. I know that Skyrim yeah. has inbuilt some mods into the game, basically. It's like you could use them as options. I don't know if they're going to do that again. But I, it's an interesting yeah. discussion to see where that goes. If you have to use the launcher to launch Skyrim, then you'll be able to mod it. I I don't think that that's going to change. It's such a huge appeal. It's a huge part of the reason you mm, want yeah. to play these games. So if you take that away for the from the PC version, it's going to kill it. So I don't I don't think that's I um happen. as much as I I do have a lot to say. Um, I don't love Skyrim. I have a lot of complaints about it, and we're going to get into this in a future episode because we have a lot to say i have a lot to say about it so can i just say if you like skyrim go back and play oblivion because i preferred it it may yeah. i may oh. just been because i was younger and had rose tint glasses on but it's pretty good yeah um oblivion is still holds up very well if you are going to play morrowind you definitely need to mod it because combat is fucking wild um it it's a it's a behind the scenes dice roll every time you hit an enemy as to whether or not you will actually make like do damage. So you swing your sword in game. As soon as you make contact with the enemy, the game does a behind the scenes dice roll to decide whether or not your hit actually d- did any damage. And it is confusing like and it does not make much sense. So please just mod the shit out of Morrowind um, to get a slightly more modern gameplay experience out of it. It's still a great game. Still holds up very well in like the quest department and a lot of the writing is still fantastic. In so. terms of that as well, I just want to point out modern games have compasses, maps, that type of thing that show you exactly where you need to go for your quest objective. Morrowind doesn't have that. And that mm. is a huge part of its charm. And the 
you, the ability to get lost and immersed in the world. Um, the quest descriptions will say like you'll need to head northeast of um, this city. Uh, once you've once you've gone uh, a few hundred yards up the road, you'll see a big rock. Turn left at the rock, and it's somewhere north of there. Your objective, and you've just got to go out and find that shit, and it's incredible. I, I, I love that's, that's good fun. That's like the best part about Red uh, Dead when it's like you get left at the tree. It's like that's how people would give instructions like in the real world. Yeah, hell is he? I'm gonna get left right. at the tree. Fuck yeah. Um, but it does it does actually lead me to my question, which is. How is this going to affect Elder Scrolls Online as a MMO? Um, obviously, it's free to play, so there obviously isn't any subscriptions to worry about. But it does come out with expansions. Uh, so, what point of the Elder Scrolls experience is this? Because I currently own the base game oh. from way back when it first came out. Is this going to have more of the expansions? Am I going to be able to play more of the game just because I own Game Pass, or like what's going on there? Hmm. I'm assuming it's the base game. I'm assu- I would have thought so. I would have, but I'm not would have sure. thought so, but it would almost be... Huh, maybe look at, I'll, I'll look into that, and if I can find some information, I'll, I'll write something up for the site. StoryModeGamer.com. Oh, man, I'm getting good at this. Mm. One um, more it, game it, I'd like to, to point out before we move on. Um, Wolfenstein, The New Order. Thank you. I was going to say that one as well. That is... The mo- okay, one so of the most satisfying... It's a, it's a, oh. It's kind of like a basic first-person shooter, right? But sometimes that's really what you want. That's what you need. You just need to shoot some Nazis, you know? You just need to get Sometimes them. you turn the and news and you're just like, oh, the Nazis, itch. they're back. And you're just like, I don't like that. So this <laughs> game really scratches that itch. When you walk into a council room with two heavy machine guns, you can dual wield every weapon in that game, including rifles, like sniper rifles, I don't get it, and I'm annoyed that you can't put both scopes on your eyes, like binoculars, but whatever. <laughs> so when you walk in that room with two heavy machine guns and you're just mowing them down, it's you're living out in glorious bastards. Like you're living the dream. Exactly, exactly. There's Beautiful. a section in that game that has um, a song written by one of my favorite songwriters of all time, Frederick Thorndell from the band Sugar. And it's this incredible, heavy, industrial sound. It just—it sounds like someone banging a mallet on some steel or something. It's just brutal and oppressive and incredible. And it is a perfect background music for dual welding heavy cannons and destroying oh, some Nazis. It's also, just very well written. Oh, I think a lot of people forget how like funny these games are you care for like bj and stuff like that you these are cool characters that you want there's to a send. story um i could not be oh i never really played the old wolfenstein games but i got um which one came out first new order or new classes new order right new order new order yeah. i got one of my friends got that with her console and she gave it to me i'm like oh, i'll give you go and i i played it like i played the shit out of it and it changed me as a person for the for the better, I'll say. Um, yeah, now Wolfenstein, get on that. I'm currently um, downloading Oblivion and downloading Morrowind, but I will keep that whole dice roll thing in mind. That scared the shit out of me. Yeah, uh, so also, you're yeah. Gonna Morrowind, I mean, Jesse. You're, you're going to despise Morrowind. Hell's yeah. Let's go. Um, um, also, Evil Within. I keep see, forgetting the Evil Within. Hell's yeah. Good game. The problem is for me is I own the majority of those games anyway. My issue too, Simon. I already have them. So I, I don't gain anything from this. Hey, have you played, Dishon- have you um, played Dishonored? 
Uh, no, I don't. I don't have the time to invest into Dishonored and give it the treatment it deserves. Fair enough. Yeah. Dishonored Two though I has a level, the Clock Tower, and Dishonored Two. Mm. 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 But I think that that slight mm, is a good point to uh, wrap this one up. So, thank you for listening. We are on Spotify and iTunes. So subscribe and leave us a review. We have a bunch of episodes now. Um, as always, a big thank you to the Fan Critical Podcast Network for their support. If you want to keep up to date with all sorts of news, like we wrote, I wrote up the whole Bethesda thing. I got to call out Fallout 76 for being shit. That's what's good about us yeah, writing yeah. our own stuff. You like, can call shit out. <laughs> um, you can check all that out at storymodegaming.com. Follow us on all your socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at storymodeaus. We're also on Twitch where you can view these recordings live um, every Sunday at about 6.30 unless we're told otherwise um, but also if you're on Twitch give us a like, give us a subscribe give us a whatever you do on Twitch just check our stuff out, we have streams going out almost every day of the week, um, we play one day off a week um, and if you really like us, jump on Patreon, search for Fan Critical, chuck a couple bucks our way and get access to all sorts of bonus goodies um, and also, just with the Twitch uh, Twitch stuff, we've also started doing like a post show. So we'll hang around for like five, ten minutes afterwards and we'll just talk shit. Um, so okay. if you want to be part of that, come on board. But come check us out. With that, uh, everyone in the Twitch chat, thank you for sticking around. Simon, Kaelin, thank you for sharing your thoughts. I hope you have fun. As always, Thanks, Lauren, guys. you've done an amazing job running the show, making sure things don't catch fire. Uh, so thanks for that. <laughs> uh, we, I also did like when your cat jumped up um and was yeah that was yeah funny. <laughs> that was very very good uh, I, I would try not to laugh at that and the, the key the key part the would have been me not bringing it up and being real professional about it but you know here we are here we here are, we are. <laughs> anyway thanks for listening stay safe go play some games go play some game pass games and um mod morrowind be safe to make it playable play some games We'll catch you next time. Bye. Ah, bye. bye.